Well, praise the Lord. This is our Bible lesson for today. I'm going to put it on the screen here. This is what we're going to be talking about. And uh, let me get it adjusted here. And this is what you should have in your uh, in your hands if you've got one now. This is God's key to his blessings. God's key to his blessings. I want to talk to you about God's keys that unlock numerous blessings in your life. And that's what I've just stated there, what is on that top line here. I want to talk to you about these things. God has keys to unlock numerous blessings in your life. And uh, the, the first one that we mentioned here is the key to knowledge, the key to knowledge. Now, I want you to go to Proverbs 1-7 with me, and I'm going to refer to Scripture here as we go along here tonight. If you look in Psalms 1-7, and this is the writings of Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. And uh, I'm going to read a few verses to you here, and you've got them right there in your, in your outline. I'm going to read 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, that's a big, major statement. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so right off the bat, it's important to understand that we have to have the fear of the Lord in our hearts. Now, a lot of people think, well, you can't just be scared of God all the time, you know. This is not what that's talking about. The fear of the Lord is understanding that God is the giver of all things. He is the giver of all life. He is the creator of everything that exists. And if God can give, he can take away. If God sends, he can pull it back. God is the one that can do all things, and it becomes a very understanding thing on our part. If we understand that the God who made all things can also require all things. And if we do that, then we want to please God. We want to do what, would, would, what is right in his sight. We want to obey his laws, his commandments, his word. And we find out that life is happier, better, more blessed, and has many benefits if we learn that God, praise the Lord, has all his answers right here in this word. Now, I'm going some words with this because there are attitudes today that they don't, of people who say that they don't care what God thinks, they don't care what God says, they don't care what the word says, it doesn't make any difference to them. They do what they want to do. They say what they want to say, they go where they want to go, they act the way they want to act, they live the life they want to live and so forth. And that's a very dangerous thing because what happens, they get into a lot of trouble, a lot of problems, and they miss out on a lot of good blessings of God in life that God has for them. If we can understand that by having a simple fear of the Lord and respect for God, that we can have God's blessings in our life and on our life. Amen. I want to read a couple more verses to you right there. We read 1-7. Look at chapter 2 and verses 5 and 6. These are the next verses there in that very first one here, right here. If you look at 5 and 6 in chapter 2. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Praise the Lord. For God giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh no, cometh knowledge and understanding. So here's two other verses here that establish this. And Proverbs is filled with these kind of statements and understanding that by having a simple fear of God and saying, God, if your word says it, I'm going to stay with it. And if your word says don't do that, I'm not going to do it. If your word says do this is the right thing, I'm going to do that. And if we will follow the word of the Lord, our knowledge and understanding of life will begin to grow and improve in every way and in everything. Praise the Lord. And it's written there in the book of, of the, in, the, in the Bible. This book here, folks, is everything right here, this Bible. It's everything. You've got all your answers right in here. Amen. I have lived for God now for 69 years, and I've lived by this book. And I'm going to tell you the truth. The answers to life are in this book. There's been more times I've said, God, I don't know which way to go, what to do. I don't know the answer. I don't know how the answer. I don't know what to do. I would find it in this book. And it was there. 
And if I would say, Lord, thank you for that answer, and then live by it or do it or follow it, it always came out right because God's word will never fail, never fail. Praise the Lord. And so God is true in all things. Now I'm going to show you where that knowledge was lost. I want you to go with me here to the book of Luke for a moment. And this was in Jesus' day. And I want you to look at Luke chapter 11, verse 52. And that's that verse on, in A right here. Knowledge lost. Luke eleven fifty-two, And uh, look at this verse of scripture. This is what Jesus was saying to the lawyers. These lawyers were not uh, legal lawyers like we talk about lawyers today. They were men who studied the law of God in the Old Testament. They were experts at studying the law. But in studying the law, they begin to discount the truth of the law and the words of God that was in the law of God. Now, let me read this verse of scripture. Jesus rebuked them for that. Verse 52, woe unto you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. The key of knowledge, you've taken it away, and that's because you tried to explain away the word of God, that the word of God doesn't mean what it says. And you were trying to, you try to explain it away, and you follow the traditions of men more than you follow the word of God. And because you don't follow the word of God, you have uh, taken away the key because the fear of God and having a fear of God and saying, Lord, if your word says it, I'm going to abide by it and hold fast to it because I know you honor it and you will bless me if I follow it. And they took away the key of that knowledge by saying, oh, well, God's word says this and says that, but it doesn't always mean that. They had all kind of little things, you know. Uh, for one thing, the Lord rebuked them all and he says, the Bible says to honor your mother and father that your days may be long in the earth. He says, and that's the, that's the first commandment with promise, incidentally, that your days may be long on the earth. Honor your mother and father that your days may be long on the earth. And he says, you know what you guys are doing? It's what Jesus said to them. You know what you're doing? He said, you're saying that you are a blessing to your mother and dad. You're saying, you know, uh, you're blessed to have me. You know, God bless you for having me. You got me, God bless you for that. I don't have to do anything for you because you're fortunate to have me. You know, and he said, you're seeing that where God wants you to be a blessing to them, help them meet needs. You know, they didn't have social security and stuff back in those days. So children and, and children would bless their parents and be good to their parents and so forth. And so they were making a mockery of that. Then they'd come along and say, oh, I don't, uh, I don't uh, swear by the temple I swear by the gold in the temple. The gold is the main thing. And Jesus rebuked them for that. It's not the gold in the temple. It's the temple itself because that's where God's presence was. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so they had to make light. Of the, and the Lord here said, you have taken away the key of the knowledge of God that will bring blessings in a person's life because the knowledge of God brought blessings. Let me give you something else that's a little bit more thorough, more, uh, let me say, more profound, I should say, not thorough, more profound. And this is found in Romans chapter 1, verse 19, and that's the next, next part, Romans 1, 19. And I'm going to read a couple of verses here to you. This is what the Apostle Paul, writing to the Romans, tells the Roman people in the church there about people who once knew God, served God, or maybe they, they walked with God to a measure, and then they said, oh, well, it doesn't matter. God's word doesn't matter. I'm going to do my own thing. So here's what it says. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. These are sinners now, unsaved people. For God hath showed it unto them. God showed it unto them? Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it to them. How did God show unsaved people about himself, the spiritual things. Look at verse 20. For the invisible things of him, that is of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Wait a minute. Invisible things clearly seen? How? Being understood by the things that are made. 
Even his eternal power and Godhead is understood by the things that are made so that they are without excuse. And you know what he's talking about? You look around and you start seeing everything around you and you said, you know what? That didn't just happen to show up here. That's because God made that. Praise the Lord. And because God made that, there is a God in heaven. You know, somebody says, oh, there's no God, there's no God. And I walk outside and I see a bird flying. And I see uh, ducks in the water. And I see a plant growing. I see trees. I see heavens at nighttime, the stars, and the moon. That didn't just happen. That had to be put there by somebody. That's common sense. That's why the Bible said the fool had said in his heart, there is no God. Hey, fool, I'm just going to use that because the Bible uses the word. Hey, fool. Look around you. Look what's out there. That's the knowledge of God. That's, you, know, you say, well, I never have seen God. You don't have to see God. You see his handiwork. You see, he, he was there. I didn't see the guys put in these, these pews. Some of you may have. I never saw the people that put in these, fold, these chairs that we've got here, these, uh, these seats, I should say. I never saw them put them in. But I know they did because they're there, right? There's a lot of things in this church. I, I didn't see them do it, build it or make it or whatever it is. But it's there. And I know that they did it because it just didn't happen. Praise God. There's a couple of guys came here and set this table up and put this up here and all this, plugged this all of in. I might have been back in there when they did it. But I know they did it because it's here. And if I look around me and I see things, praise the Lord, that exist, and I can say to myself, there's a God that made all of this. And Lord, whoever you are, I want to praise and worship and glorify your wonderful name. And uh, in Abraham's time, uh, this comes from Jewish history. Mostly Josephus is the one I'm referring to in particular here. Josephus says that Abraham, when he lived in Ur, the Chaldean, before he ever came out, before God ever called him, he began to reason. And they believed in many gods. There was a god of the sun, god of the moon. There was god of the ocean. There was god of this, you know, the plurality of God, all of these different gods. And Abraham said, no, 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 that can't be possible. They said, well, there's a god of the moon. There's a god of the morning stars. There's a god of the... Uh, uh, the evening star, that's the same star, you know, that's Venus. Uh, there's, a, there's a God of the sun. He said, no, no, no. Abraham said, when I look at those things, they all work in harmony. They work in harmony with the earth. The sea works in harmony with the land. The tide back and forth. Yeah, everything's in balance. The air we breathe is all in balance. The ground is such that we can put seeds in it and it'll grow food that we can eat. I mean, it's all there. It's all put there. Praise the Lord. And Abraham says there has to be one God who's put it all together and who is in control. I don't know who he is, but there's one God and there's not a lot of gods for this and a lot of gods for that. Otherwise, it'd all be like this and everybody doing his own thing and nothing would happen, would survive. And so God appeared unto Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to leave this land and get out of this. I'm going to take it to the land. I'm going to show it. And he, re, he appeared unto Abraham and made himself known to Abraham. God Almighty, yes, you well know. Now, I'm only pointing that out to say that God would have us to know. And anyone, if you just look at the handiwork of God. I have a little patio on the back in the back of Back in, in my house, I sit on my patio. A little cool right now, but when it's a little warmer, I sit out there in the morning sometime drink my coffee. And I'll look around and I'll see these birds flying and I'll see the ducks out on the lake and I'll see, uh, I'll see the trees and the plants. And I see a, a little old bird. He, he's, got a, he's got a head no bigger than my thumb. Little old bird. And he flies around and he picks up food and he flies this way and flies that He's got a nest up in there. And he's got some little babies. She, not a he. Excuse me, ladies. She's got some, she's got some babies up there. Hey. She settled them eggs till they hatched. How did she know they were going to hatch? 
Maybe this is the first brood she's got. But she knew to do that. That amazes me. With a brain no bigger than mine, and a head no bigger than my thumb, and inside was a brain smaller than that. And she flies around, gets food, takes it up there and feeds them little birds. And when they get a certain size, she pushes them out of the nest and they start flying. And she gets them outside and teaches them how to pick up food for themselves and how to fly and get around. And starts carrying them here and there. I see a mother duck with the little ducks and, they're all, and they all follow her. And she takes them to the water and they follow her and she teaches them how to dive into the water and get stuff and everything. You think, how do they know to teach their little ones all that stuff? God put it there. God put it there. And that's what he's talking about. Look around you, praise the Lord. All of these things is to let us know that there is God. And this is a key of knowledge is to understand by what we see, just by what we see and what we read in the word of God will tell us that there's a mighty God the great mighty God of all things and all the spiritual things, the spiritual things are all because of that same God. Just like he's the God of the natural, he's the God of the spiritual. Just like he spoke the heavens into existence, praise the Lord. He can speak anything, praise the Lord, and make it happen. Amen. Amen. People don't believe in speaking in tongues. Well, God gave language. You heard that brother preach the other night, brother, brother Urshan. Uh, he preached the other night about how the, the God had given language to man when he first made man. Praise God. And God is the author of, of, of those things. So I believe because the word says, I'm going to read another verse here to you. I'm reading verse 21. Because that when they knew God, this is the problem now, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. These are the ones now that had looked around. They could clearly see that God, disease, eternal power, and they are without excuse because that when they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. And they were not thankful. Folks, always be thankful. Be thankful unto God for everything that comes our way. Everything we have. Everything, amen. Everything about us. If you woke up this morning, say, Jesus, thank you. I woke up this morning. Hallelujah. If you went to bed last night, Amen. And you just close your eyes. Just say, Jesus, thank you for this day that we just had. Folks, be thankful. Thank God when you wake up. Thank him when you lay down. Thank him in between. Thank him when you're driving down the road. I thank God all the time. I ask God all the time to keep his hand on me. Praise the Lord when I'm driving. You know, just God is in charge of everything. And I've seen him do more things. I could not even begin to talk to you about all the things I've seen God do. I'm going to finish up here. And he goes on to say here that, uh, verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. I'm here in Romans 121. They glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. I'll be back to that verse in a minute. That, and their foolish heart was darkened. Notice that. Their foolish heart was darkened because they became vain in imaginations. Verse 22, professing themselves to become wise, they became fools. And that's where a lot of people are today. They think they're smart, but they have no knowledge. They have no knowledge. And this is because God has not given them, amen, that understanding that God is the answer to everything. Let me just use one example, theory of evolution. Theory of evolution. It's a theory. Still a theory. It's always been a theory. You know, somebody sees a, a tadpole swimming in the water, and then, oh, Lord, the, the, he crawls out. Of, he swims out and crawls out, and he turns into a frog and comes out and goes hopping out. Oh, that's evolution. No, no, that's not evolution. That's already determined by God that that's the way that little species operates. Amen. And he's been operating that from the beginning of time. Okay, they think, well, maybe something else does that. Maybe some little old bug crawls out and he begins to hatch and do this and everything. And they develop and eventually develop into a human. No, 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 no. See, that's imaginations. That's no true. That's, that's that theory of evolution. And people say, oh, I'm smart. I got all kinds. Now, I believe in education. Believe, you know that. My, my wife has a doctorate degree in psychology and my daughter is, is soon have a doctor degree, and she's been a principal of an elementary school. My son-in-law is an assistant principal of, element, of a high school, you know, the high school here in Palm Bay. 
and uh, not Palm Bay Hospital, but Southwest, I think it is. And uh, it, your your pastor, you know that your pastor, he has a judicial judiciary, I guess, judicial doctorate degree. But I'm just trying to say here today to you, I believe in education. But when they start saying education is understanding all about evolution, you all understand about somebody must be on a planet way out there someplace because we are here. They've got to be there someplace. No, they don't. If God didn't put them there, they're not going to be there. And I don't believe they are there. The Bible doesn't say anything about it. And since the Bible doesn't say anything about it, it's, it's just not going to happen. It's not there. They talk about all kinds of, they think, oh, the earth is going to freeze over. The Bible, I show you in the Bible where it says the harvest time, seed time will last until. This is the eighth chapter of the book of Genesis, the last verse. The harvest time and seed time will endure and last until the end of time. Until God says it's all over with. Praise the Lord. And so they can say, oh, the earth is going to freeze over. The earth is going to do this. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. We've got to do that. No, it's not. Because the Bible has already said it's not. You say, Brother Myers, you know, you don't believe in science? Oh, I believe in science, but real science. Real knowledge. Not imaginations. Not imaginations. Uh, Go to real quickly. I'll come back to the other thing. Go to B right here for a minute. When knowledge is not knowledge. Look at that Romans 121. I just read that verse to you and I'm going to read it again. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Imaginations. To them, their imaginations became knowledge. Folks, men's imaginations is not knowledge. The knowledge has come, it must come from the Lord, and it comes from his book and his word and truth. Praise the Lord. That's knowledge. And those things. Uh, let me give you another verse of scripture for it. I think it's in that, in that same place. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4. 2 Corinthians 10. I believe that's where we're going. All right. Verse 4, 10, 4. Yeah, look at 10.4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now look at verse 5. Casting down imaginations. This is what Paul is telling the church now to do. He's, you know, warning us. He talks about it in Romans here, chapter 1. Now he's talking about it in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Praise the Lord. And I'm just telling you that for you to understand here that true knowledge comes from the Lord as the real thing. And don't ever heap to yourself all of these crazy beliefs. I remember years ago when I was a young man, there was a a woman traveling around the university. My wife was working at Purdue University. We lived in Lafayette, Indiana at that time. And we were evangelizing out from there. And she got a job working at Purdue. And there was a woman that came to Purdue University. And I'd also known she came to the University of Minnesota when I was up there. And I remember this woman saying and teaching that she had gone to Samola Islands and she had been taught that if you go to the Samoan Islands where the people, the young people, had not been taught right and wrong, that nothing would be wrong. They'd just live, be in holy and happy bliss. So she went there and lived there for a few years and checked it out and came back and says, yes, it's true. And she went around teaching all of that in the universities. If you don't try to follow what's right and wrong, and she began to teach all of that kind of stuff, then she died. Then she died. Another pantheologist, pantheologist, I think they called him, from England went over there, followed behind her, and he came back, and in his book, he said she lied. That's what he said. She lied. It's not that way at all. They have suicide. They have killings among themselves because they get jealous of each other. They're going to just sleep around and do all kinds of things. And then they're going to get married and have, you know, everybody have their own family and stuff. They're going to all do all this wild stuff. And they had more troubles, he said. And he came back and he said, she lied to us. I was over in uh, 
in uh, I think it was uh, one of our countries in Africa, Kenya, Tanzania, I think it's in Tanzania. We were in Tanzania. There's a place there where a scientist went there, he and his, uh, his helper, a woman that was helping him, and he studied some a footprint that he'd found in the clay there, studied it, studied it, studied it for, I mean, for a long time, and down in the riverbanks. And it was petrified. And he finally concluded that this woman's foot, and there's a man's foot beside him, that they were half ape and half human. And this was whenever man was evolving from the ape to the human. This had been thousands of years ago. This was the beginning of the, of the human race. He, he, he made that declaration. And finally he left. And they left a little monument there. I and my son was there several years ago. Went to that place. Had our guide to take us there. Where we could see it for ourselves. Uh, Hillary Clinton and Chelsea, her, her daughter, had been there just a month before we were there even. Signed the book and all. Anyhow. We saw what they saw. They had a big picture of this half-human, half-monkey man, half-human, half-monkey woman walking, and her foot where it had flipped a little mud out because her toe, instead of being turned inward like most feet are turned, the big toes turned inward, it was turned out a little bit, and it flipped the mud out. And they said it was because that they had more of a foot like an ape her foot was like an ape, and it wasn't like a human foot. I mean, you know, if women wear high heel shoes for a long time, their 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 toe will be pushed in. Men, we we all of our toes a little bit, but hers was pushed out. And I looked at I looked at the picture, and I looked at that little spot in the petrified clay that they had under the glass. I looked at it, and I said, "That's what he's based all of this on." I mean, it was no bigger than your thumbnail, right? Like this. And he's basing this whole theory on the little old thumbnail in the petrified mud there that was frozen. I mean, it was like a rock, you know. And, and, and I looked at that and I said, she could have had a broken toe. She could have had a dif- disformed toe. Or she might have been walking along and just turned back and picked her foot up at the same time and flipped a little mud out. And this guy has built his whole theory on that. My son says, Dad, why do you think he would have done that? I said, because he spent so many years trying to prove a theory that he was trying to prove that he felt like he had to validate the theory somehow. I know, so he claimed it. And so made a big picture of it so that you look at the picture and you say, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I want to tell you what, folks, from the very beginning, that was Adam and Eve. Amen. Amen. I used to, when I was a kid, I'd go to school. And there was, uh, it teaches that man used to, we came from cavemen. Cavemen lived in cave, you know, they always drug a woman by her hair and had a big club and all that stuff. <laughs> Craziness. I'd go to Sunday school and they'd teach about Adam and Eve. You know, God made Adam, made Eve from his side. And then there was society and then there was, they all lived together and then they got wicked and God destroyed them by a flood. And there's Noah. You know, I, I learned all that. But I go to school and they talk about these cavemen. And everybody said, what's, what's with it? What is, what's with that? Now, they were claiming that's knowledge. That is not knowledge. That's imaginations of men. Do you understand what I'm saying here today? So thank God for his word. Thank God for his truth. Thank God for salvation. Praise the Lord. You can take the word of God and you can say, God, if you said it, I believe it. And you hold fast, folks, and God will never fool you. He will never trip you up. He will never deceive you because God has put it all in his word. I'm going to move on here. For the fear of the Lord is knowledge when it's lost. And uh, we talked about the evolution under A. And uh, evolution gave them up and gave them over into all kind of beliefs. God will give you over to things. He'll give you over. If you're going to believe something long enough, he'll give give you over to it. He will. Uh, look at, uh, you're in Romans there. Let's see, I think I want to go to Second, Thess- Second, Second Corinthians. That's imagination. I mean, I'm sorry. Second Thessalonians 2.8, I'm sorry. 
Second Thessalonians. Let me take you there. Okay. Look at Second Thessalonians two eight. This is talking about the coming of the Antichrist. Everybody there? Then shall that wicked that word wicked is capital letters, meaning it, it is a proper noun, and in this case it would be a human. And uh, so it would say a wicked one, a wicked person. Then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. That's the Antichrist. We know that from the book of Daniel. And shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. We know that from Daniel and also from the book of Revelation. But Paul was writing this before Revelations was written here. Now, verse 9. Even him who's coming, speaking of the Antichrist, is after the working of Satan and all power and signs and lying wonders. Remember that. There can be wonders that are lies. Lying wonders. Now look at verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Let me say one thing to all of us here. You're here because you love God or you wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night. You're here because you love God. Because these people here that will follow the Antichrist, they receive not the love of the truth. It's not enough just to receive the truth. Thank God for the truth. Thank God for the word of God. Thank God for Acts 2.38. Thank God for truth. Thank God for all of his word of truth. But we have to have a love for that truth. You've got to say, God, I love this book. I love this book. This sounds crazy to you, but I do it. I'm just going to confess something. I never confess to anybody. Once in a while, I'll pick up this Bible and I'll go, all right. So I, I, I imagine there's some out there that do the same thing. You, yeah, I see hands. You know why? Because I love this word. I love this word. I love this truth. You love this word or you wouldn't be here. And I'm just trying to tell you here today that these people here will follow the Antichrist because they received, it wasn't the truth, they received not a love for the truth because the love of the truth will make you stay with truth. Praise the Lord, and that's the word of God. Now, look what it goes on to say here. Um, verse 10, And with all deceivements of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. If they had kept the love, they could, would be saved because God would deliver them out of it. Now look at verse 11. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusions that they shall believe a lie. Look at that. Strong delusion that they should believe a lie. God will send them a delusion that they will not be able to discern what's right or what's wrong. God will let them go that way. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So I'm saying here today, praise the Lord, that God loves us. He wants us to be saved. And we have the knowledge of God, the truth of God in his word. Don't ever lose it, praise the Lord. Don't ever let God, don't ever let it fail you. And God will always bless you and keep his hand on you. And will always be with you, praise the Lord. Uh, I'm going to move on here. Uh, let, me, let me go to... Uh, no, I won't go there. Okay, let's go to number two here. Let's go to the key of material blessings. Material blessing. This is the key to knowledge. That is, if you have that, you can have God's blessing upon your life because you know truth. Now, let's go to this number two here. The 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 uh, the key to the material blessings. Go to Deuteronomy chapter five. Okay, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter five. Look at this very closely. This starts in the Old Testament with the laws of God in, under Moses. What time do we go to here? Huh? What time did I start? I lost track. 7.30? We go to 8.30, right? All right, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to... We're going to do this one, then we're going to cut it off, okay? I promise you. Okay, let's do this very quickly, and we'll hang on here. Look at 33, 533. Ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you, that ye may live 
and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. Uh, going on a little bit further here, going over to chapter 7 and verse 6. 7, 6 in your notes there. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people. Look at that. And folks, when Israel lost it because they rejected Jesus Christ, and you and I accepted Jesus Christ and came unto him and everything, then all these blessings come upon us if we will hold fast to Christ. I'm moving on here to verse 14. This is seven, chapter 7 still in verse 14 and 15. Thou shalt be a blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female bared among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away, verse 15, take away from thee all sickness. Look at that. And will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knewest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. So you see here where the God is going to say, I'll give you many material blessings. And then over in verse 18, 8, 18, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. You've got your Bible and you've got a pen. Under eight, uh, chapter 8, verse 18, underline that verse. Underline it, put a ring around it. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. If you want material blessings, live for God, serve God, walk with God, keep his commandments, and do a few things that he has said that we should do. Praise the Lord. One of them is tithes. One of them is tithes. If you look in Deuteronomy 14, real quick. Deuteronomy 14. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but this is just as true as a day is long. I've been paying tithes, like I say, for 69 years, and God's never failed me. He never failed me. One time, I got behind a little bit, and things started going bottom up. And I said, no, 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 I'm not going to let this happen. I started letting some other things go, and I started paying my tithe till I caught up. I got behind just about, I don't know, just a few weeks. I said, no, 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 I'm not going to do this because this, I'm seeing, already seeing the effects of it. Folks, I've never gone, I've, I've, I've postponed a meal or two, but I've never gone without one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God will not, he'll not fail you. I'm serious. Because this problem, it's in his word. It's in his word. It's right here. He said, uh, verse 22 here, 14, 22. Thou shalt tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. Thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there, which became Jerusalem. The tithe of thy corn and of thy wine and of thine oil and of the firstlings of thy herds and of thy flock, everything, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. There's the fear of the Lord again. And so the Lord went on to talk about how important. I'm going to jump very quickly. And there's many other verses about it, but I'm going to jump very quickly over here to, uh, to uh, Malachi because I want to show you here what Malachi says about it, where the Lord spoke to them. This is Malachi 3 and 10. Malachi 3 and 10. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me. Now, I've got that underlined in red in my Bible. Prove me. God says, prove me. I mean, try it out. Test me if you don't believe it. Now, I know most, I'd say 90% of you people are all tithe payers. I know that. You, you're great. You're faithful. God bless you for it. But if there's anybody here that may question whether tithe or if you say, I can't afford it, you never will be able to afford it until you start doing it. But then God will bless you. He can do more. Amen. He can do more with that 10 than you can with the 100. And you can do more with the 90 than you can with the 100 if you'll trust him in it. Now, I'm going to move on a little further here. Bring you all the tithes of the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. This is God saying that now. This is the Lord speaking to, uh, to Malachi to tell Israel. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Wow. 
Man, that's quite a promise, isn't it? And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time of the field, the field saith the Lord of hosts. So in a, over in the New Testament, Jesus says that we should always maintain ties. He said, don't undo the other things that I'm teaching you. And, and I mean, don't do the things I'm, other, I'm also teaching you and don't undo the process of ties. I won't get into that far into it. Only to say here that I, one more part of it I want to show you. Now, that's the giving part. Look under B here, giving. God's promise to bless us if we give. We're a giver. This is one of my favorite verses here. Luke 6, 38. Now, remember, because the book of Acts is Acts 2, 38. This is Luke 6, 38. So turn to Luke 6, 38 for a moment. And uh, I want to show you here that God's word will never fail you no matter what. Never. Here's what he says in uh, Luke 6 and 38. Give. Now, folks, is here. Jesus is saying this. Jesus said it himself, and my Bible is in red because I got a red letter edition here on this Bible. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Man, that's in every way you can. You know, have you ever anybody ever done that? You ever put stuff in there and you shake it down and pack it and try to get all you can get into something? Amen. Some people try to do that with gasoline in a car when they're trying to fill up. <laughs> it won't pack. But I'm talking about stuff that will pack. Okay. Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Wow. For with the same measure that you met with all, it shall be measured to you again. Amen. Now, I got that underlined in my Bible. I got a ring around that verse. It's one of my favorite verses because the Lord said it. And folks, if Jesus said it, I can believe it. I can believe. We can believe what Jesus said. And if you can't believe what Jesus said, man, you need to go back to base one because believe me, his word is right. His word will never fail. His word is right. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm jumping over here very quickly over here to Proverbs. And uh, I'm reading here from... uh, Proverbs nineteen seventeen. This is one of my favorite scriptures also. Look at this. Nineteen seventeen. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto God. And that which he hath given will he pay him again. Man, that's in the word of God. You can't give to the poor and God won't pay you back. How do you know, Brother Byron? It's in the word. <laughs> It's right here. And that's knowledge. That's that knowledge that God gives us by saying, Lord, I believe your word. You can say, oh, well, it's there, but, you know, I didn't make it. No, no, try it. Try it. Let me give you another verse. This is the next one next to the one you got there. Look at verse, uh, chapter 28 and verse 27. 28, 27. They're already there. God bless those folks up there. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack. See that? He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack. But he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. But the first part of it is what I like. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack. You're not going to lack anything if you remember to give to the poor. Just remember the poor. I never will forget, you know, uh, I was... I was over and uh, I was, my son came back with it from Africa. He's telling me about an orphanage that they were building for these children. And they had a bunch of kids. And the builder got halfway through the building of the orphanage and then took the rest of the money and left, left them. And whenever the rainy season come, these kids had no place to sleep because the, the orphanage was not finished. They'd get under sheets of tin try to keep warm and keep the rain off in the night folks when it's raining all night drizzly drizzly night. these kids orphaned children they had no mother no father they had nowhere to go nobody would take them in my son came back and he saw that and he told he's telling us told me about it and i said man that's terrible 
I went to bed one night. My wife was, I think, was with my daughter. They'd gone up to Harvard University for something. I forgot. Remember that time? I was laying in bed. And I was by myself. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and it was drizzling outside. And it came to me about those kids over there in Africa. And when it drills, they get a night, you know, I get under a nice warm blanket. They get to try to get under a piece of sheet of tin. And I said, God, come morning, I'll give what it takes for them to finish that orphanage. I'll give it. I'll give it. I asked my son, what did it take? Surprisingly, it wasn't all that much. He said, Dad, because the American dollar goes a long way, $8,000 will finish that orphanage. I said, it's done. It's you, right now. I'm just, you bail them the money. Tell them to build the orphanage. I mean, I couldn't sleep another night. I could not sleep another night until I had given that $8,000 over to that orphanage where it to be built. And not long after that, I got word that the orphanage had been finished and the children now had beds to sleep in and places to sleep. And I said, thank you, Jesus. And folks, I'm telling you here today that if we just are giving people, God will never leave us nor forsake us. We hear needs that come to, uh, through the church and everything. If we can just be givers, God will honor you. God will bless you. And I never got to three here. This is about salvation, the key to salvation. The key to salvation is very simple. It's Acts 2.38. The Lord told Peter, you know, said, you know, I give you the keys to the kingdom, the keys. And Peter and those apostles had the key. You know what the key was? I'm just going to talk about it, and I won't have to go there and read it. But the key to salvation, praise the Lord, was the message of hope. And Peter preached it on the day of Pentecost when those people said, What meaneth this? He stood up with the eleven. They all stood together, those disciples that Jesus was talking about. So I'm giving you the keys, you guys. You got the keys. And that was that they'd preached. And they preached, praise the Lord, to those Jews. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost fell upon them. And amen. There was a hundred and there was a hundred and twenty that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost there on that day of Pentecost. And Peter stood up and preached to them and said, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Because they had said, What shall we do? Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for this promise unto you and your children, to them that are all afar off. You know that. You know that. Everything. And that's what they did. They were all baptized. 3,000 people were baptized in Jesus' name that day. Amen. Later on, the Samaritans, half Jews, half Gentiles. Now, amen. Uh, Philip was up there preaching to them. And they were all baptized, the Bible says, in Jesus' name. It's in the book, 816, chapter 8, verse 16. They were all baptized in Jesus' name, only they had not received the Holy Ghost yet. Peter and John went up there, to, that is up there from Jerusalem up to Samaria, and laid hands on and prayed for them, and they all received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Chapter 10. Gentiles now, Jews, half Jews and half Gentiles. And now you're to the, the, you know, the Lord said this should be in Judah, Judea, in, in Samaria, and into the uttermost part of the world. And, uh, and then there is the Cornelius, 10th chapter of the book of Acts. Cornelius, praise the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him and told him to send for one in Joppa, and he'll come tell you what you're going to do. In the meantime, the Lord's talking to Peter and said, Peter, amen, slay and eat. He showed him this vision of these animals, these ladies. No, no, Lord, I won't eat anything unclean. He said, nothing I've made is unclean. And the Lord did that three times and was speaking to him. And he was saying, this means something. God's trying to tell me something here. Nothing I've made is unclean. And then this word came that this man had said, an angel told him to send up there and you'd tell him what he should do. So Peter and six of those Jewish disciples went with him down to uh, where, down to Caesarea, down where, uh, uh, where he was where Cornelius was, the, the Gentile centurion. He was Italian. And, uh, and while he was preaching to them, the Holy Ghost fell on them and they began to speak. It says it right there. It says in, in 1046, while they were speaking, the Holy Ghost fell on them and they began to speak in other tongues. 1046, they began to speak in other tongues. And then, uh, and then he laid hands on them in the 48th verse. Uh, they were, then he'd be baptizing them. And then Peter, praise the Lord, they got the Holy Ghost, just him preaching. And then he took him and baptized him in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, that, that 38th verse, I think it is. 
1038, 1048 is, what is it? 48, yeah. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Pray that you have certain days. I'm just trying to tell you here, folks. And then Paul, in the 19th chapter of the book of Acts, found those disciples of John. In that 19th chapter. And he said, how were you baptized? They said, under John's baptism. He said, John says to believe on him who was to come after him. That's on Jesus Christ. And when they knew that, they were baptized in Jesus' name. You understand here that believing is being baptized in Jesus' name. And then Paul said, that's not enough. He laid hands on them and received, they received the whole baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, because that's the way it was. And then we were to read over there in Galatians chapter 1 and verses 8 and 9. Praise the Lord, chapter 1, 8 and 9 of Galatians. It says, if, if I or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, then that which is preached unto you, let him be accursed. Look at that. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And he repeats it, praise the Lord, in the next verse. As we have said before, so I say again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that, and the gospel, of course, is that of Jesus' name, baptism, repentance, Jesus' name, baptism, and being filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't you love the truth? Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's stand and give God the glory. Let's praise him and just worship him together. God bless you. You've been a wonderful class. Jesus, we love you, Lord. Thank you for your people. Thank you, God, for those that love you, love your word, love the ways of God. We ask you to bless us, Lord, as we go at this time, Lord. We thank you for all things, and we praise you in Jesus' precious name. And everybody say praise the Lord. God bless you, fellowship, and the others will be coming into this class, I'm sure. Anytime now. God bless you. Love you folks. You're good people. You're the best. <laughs>